Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Sorry? What's the last thing? Three? Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the... Did I, did I talk about unbelievers who, had, who God gave dreams? Did I, did I give you the scriptures? Okay, I said this week. Yes, I don't know why I stopped in my notes, so that's what I'm asking. Three categories of dreams. Simple, simple message dreams. Simple. <laughs> okay, hold on. Peace be still. Simple, symbolic dream. And then complex, symbolic dreams. Okay, is that where we stopped? Okay, what did I say again? Dreams in the gospel. Did I talk about dreams in the gospel? New Testament dreams. Joseph, when he was to divorce Mary. Okay. That's what, leave that Jesus story. Leave. Why? I, I, I will close church today. Leave that issue of Jesus. Just leave it. I'll sort it out. Okay, that's where you people heard what you heard, Abby. Alright. So, so, in the Gospels, right? Did I talk about the wise men? Did I talk about Joseph want to run to Egypt? Did I talk about Joseph instructed to return to Israel? Okay, did I talk about Pilate's wife? I think I stopped in Pilate's wife. Alright, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, so we're going to build up from there. I want to talk about dreams in the epistles, right? Then unbelievers that God gave dreams. That is to say that you don't have to be born again to have dreams. Then um, I'll, I'll see if we can get into sources of dreams today and how to know if dreams are from God. So let's see how far we can go. First of all, we want to establish that dreams is not something that God had stopped using to guide people. Now understand that we laid the foundation that the primary way, please is important, the primary way God guides the New Testament believer is through the inward witness and the word. Please. Dreams do not supersede the word. Dreams do not supersede being led by the Spirit of God. But we did establish that God is still using dreams to communicate. Are we still there? Okay, so we talked about the Gospels. Let's go to the Epistles. Acts chapter 10. The Epistles. We want to find out, even as, because some people will say, well, but the Holy Spirit had not been poured out in the Gospels. Well, yes, in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit had been poured out. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 14 to 16, and uh, we talked about the difference between dreams and visions, okay? I'm going to establish that difference next week when I, I'm teaching on interpretation of dreams. So next Sunday, I'll teach on interpretation of dreams. Uh, just in case I forget, remind me to give you the clear difference between what's a dream, what's a vision. Now we are using both words together. So Acts chapter 10 and verse 14. Then I just want to say, uh, during the course of the teaching, if there's any area you're not clear, please send in your questions. I can address them uh, if there's something to clarify. It's important that you understand what we're teaching. Verse 14, remember in verse 10, but he became hungry and was desiring to eat. Please pay attention to this. Pay attention to this when we're talking about sources of dream. Pay attention to what happened to Peter. But he became hungry and was desiring to eat. Desiring to eat. That's important. But while they were making preparations, he fell into trance. And he saw the sky open and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And they were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and the bed, beds of the earth. A voice came to him saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. So I said the first person that was told to eat in the dream was Peter and it was God who told him. A voice came to him and said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten unholy or unclean. Whatever was unholy or unclean. Again, a voice came to him second time, What God has cleansed no longer considered 
and holy. This happened three times and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now, uh, pay attention. Am I going fast? Yeah, because my daughter was telling me on Sunday that I was, I was, was telling me on Wednesday that I went really fast and she could not write. So, just in case you feel like I'm going very fast, you can let me know. Um, you would observe that the word used for this uh, particular vision is the word trance. So we talked about dreams, visions, and trance. Trance and visions are more, uh, you, they are more real. You, 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 can, you can actually have those with your eyes open. Okay, that's the difference. But they are still means of communication from the realm of the spirit. So we see that God used this vision to renew Peter's mind to give him direction concerning the salvation of the Gentiles. Now, let me put some couple of things together. And it's important you understand this, that the dream is not as important as the interpretation. If you get the interpretation wrong, it doesn't matter, even if it was God that gave you this dream. Because if you were to give this dream to a modern preacher and you saw all these four-footed animals, there is no way they will interpret it to mean the Gentiles. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They would say, oh, you know, they are idols from your father's house because they were four-footed creatures. So we must understand that right interpretation is key to every dream. Right interpretation. And dreams have to be interpreted because dreams comes with symbols. All right. Now, um, if you go to Acts chapter 9, verse 10 again, another vision happened there to Ananias. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him, in a vision, Ananias, he said, here am I, Lord. And then he engaged the Lord. One of the things that distinguishes vision and dreams is that in, in visions, you can almost have that physical interaction. All right? Uh, I, I, um, you can almost have that physical interaction. It can almost be very physical. Okay, that's one of the difference between dreams and visions. Now, let's go to Paul. In, in Paul going to Macedonia, Acts chapter 16, verse 9 to 10, how did the gospel enter to Europe? Paul had a vision, praise God. Acts chapter 16, praise God. Acts 16, verse 9 to 10. Acts 16, 9 to 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing, appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And you realize that through this vision, the gospel entered into Europe. So you must understand that if you read the book of Acts, in the development of the church, there was a lot about dreams and visions that people had. Not just apostles, but even we talked about a disciple named Ananias who had the vision about Paul uh, and, and laid hands on him. Alright, let's look at unbelievers that God gave dreams. People who were not uh, believers, who didn't believe in God, that God gave dreams. Abimelech, first case, Abimelech, Genesis chapter 20. That is to say, for instance, in God giving dreams to people, the people actually do not have to be born again for God to give them dreams, if God wants to give them dreams. Genesis chapter 20 verse 1, Now Abraham journeyed from there towards the land of Negev, and set between Kadesh and Shur, then he um, so John Dingera. Abraham said of his wife, you know, said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night. In a dream of the night. And says, you know what? Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman who you have taken, for she is married. Now Abimelech had not come near her and he said, Lord, will you slay a nation even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, she's my sister and herself and all that? Verse 6, then God said to him, in the dream. God said to him, in the dream. Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this. And I've also kept you from sin against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. The first time the word prophet was used for a man was for Abraham. In fact, I was doing a study of, I was doing a study of prophets um, in... Um, through the week, and it, it was quite amazing if we really want to study prophets in the context of what the scripture teaches, actually, prophets ought to be preachers. Prophets ought to be preachers. We study from the Old Testament up all to the New Testament. Okay? What, what we really see uh, today that we call modern day prophets is the operations of the gifts of the word of knowledge. 
And the operations of the gift of the word of knowledge is not peculiar to the office of the prophet. It's the gift of the spirit that's made available to the saints. Okay, we'll explore that more on Wednesday as we continue that. Genesis chapter 31 and verse 22. Genesis 31 verse 22. You remember the story of Jacob, uh, Laban. Genesis 31 22. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, then he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him a distance of seven days' journey and overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream of the night and said, Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. God said, Don't say anything. Whether good or bad. Let me tell you something. You know, today we are so afraid of what people can do to us. It's because we don't really know that God is for us. Can you see these two guys? Abimelech that we just read. He, he took his wife. God went to him in a dream and said, don't touch that man's wife. This guy, Laban, was pursuing Jacob. God told Laban in a dream and said, see this Jacob. Whether what you want to say is good, whether what you want to say is bad, don't talk to him. You see, we are so afraid of what people can do to us as if God cannot go and warn people in the dream about us. It's wrong theology. It's nonsense coming out of the pulpit. I don't care who my enemies are. I send them fire. You are a joker. You don't know God. I'm sorry to say. You are ignorant of who the God you serve is. If you know God, if you know God, he says if your ways pleases him, even your enemies will be at peace with you. God can warn men on your behalf. All this fear, poverty-induced, economically disadvantaged gospel that we preach from the pulpits to keep people in fear. We are Satan's ambassadors, not the, not the preachers of Christ. And, but that's how one woman in Abba, what did the Bible say? It's not what happened in Abba. What is the scripture saying? And that's why you see that most times when these teachings go on, there is little or no scripture to back up some of these things. Because it's just experiences that people, you know, make so... And, and, and once fear gets into your heart, the devil can run riot in your life. It will mess you up. Hallelujah. <laughs> are you still here? You are quiet. Are you here? Nobody can kill you except you want to die. Your life is hid with Christ in God. You must learn to use your authority. And it's important where the subject of dreams are concerned. Because that's one of the ways the enemy will try to eject fear into your life by the kind of dreams you have. And I'll show you scriptures. Alright. Judges chapter 7. Midian uh, soldiers. The Midian soldiers. Judges 7. So this was a, a soldier of the Midianite. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Judges, Judges chapter 7. I like this story very, very well. The reason I like the story is because of what I'm still saying. Judges chapter 9, this was Gideon. God had told him to go and fight. The guy was afraid. Now that same night, it came about the Lord said to him, Arise, go against the camp, for I've given it into your hands. God had told him, I've given the camp into your hands. Just like God is telling you, you have authority in Christ. You have victory in Christ. Right? But if you're afraid to go down, go with Pura your servant down to the camp. And you will hear what they say. And afterward, your hands will be strengthened that you may go against the camp. So he went with Pura his servant down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. God had told him, I've given these people into your hand. But the guy was afraid. Just like many believers know who they are in Christ, but they are still afraid. And you know what the Lord told him? He says, go. Go and hear what they are saying. He said, when you hear what they are saying, you will be strengthened. If you know that the devil is afraid of you, you will be strengthened. If you know that circumstances are afraid of you, you will be strengthened. If you know that the greater one lives on the inside of you, you will be strengthened. Hallelujah. Now, let's read on. Are you still here? Verse what now? Verse 12. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the sons of, of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend. He says, and he said, behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian and it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. 
That's why I talked about interpretation. Imagine you just, inter- you just had this dream. What would you think? That there is near success syndrome. Right? That bread has come to scatter your business. Satanic bread. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Christianity without knowing the word can be a burden. Eh? His friend replied, This is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Judge, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. Look at the interpretation. Look at the dream. Look at the interpretation. He was correct. That loaf of bread represented Gideon. Praise the name of the Lord. And when Gideon heard this, when Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, we'll talk about this on Sunday, its interpretation, if you interpret a dream wrongly, your expectation will be wrong and your manifestation will be wrong. So one of the keys about dream is getting the interpretation correctly to build your expectation and to release your manifestation. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. He bowed in worship. He returned to the camp of Israel and I said, Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into your hands. So, those are some unbelievers who didn't know God, but God gave them accurate dreams. Okay. So, Pilate's wife. We talked about Pilate's wife, right? Matthew 27, 19. When Pilate came and said, uh, Pilate, let's just read it. Matthew 27, 19. Help me, guys. Matthew 27. Thank you, Lord. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, the wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. How many of you know that if God wants some people in dreams because of you, they would leave you just alone on your own? Praise the name of the Lord. And you know, Jesus was not praying, All those that want to kill me, let them suffer. No. You see, one of the scriptures that God used to strengthen my heart growing up as a believer was what he told Abraham. He says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Abraham didn't need to do anything. Abraham just had to work before God and be perfect. Just follow God. Just follow God. Just follow God. However people treat you, that is between them and God. Whatever repercussions they get for treating you, that is between them and God. It was like when uh, Miriam and Aaron were talking about the fact that Moses married an uh, Ethiopian wife. And they were t- God was, uh, Moses was not there. Moses did not hear. Did Moses hear? Hey, come on somebody. Did Moses hear? What did the scripture say? And the Lord heard it. It was God that reported to Moses. Oh, it was God that told Moses what they said. Moses was not there. So God just told Moses, I need three of you in the camp. It was God that heard and told Moses. It wasn't like Moses heard and told God so that God would punish them, so that they would know that he is a true man of God. You know, that's, what, that's how we boast today about how many people are anointing killed. You know, that, you know, as a prophet of God, we, we were about to, you know, buy this place and they say, we will not buy it. Bah! Seven people just died. Say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> we boast in how many people we sent to hell. Interesting. Without even considering if those people were born again before they died. But no, we, we, must, we must show that we are men of power. God's man of power for the hour. It's interesting. It's interesting. You know, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people, when we stand before the Lord, the Lord will show us how many people we kill without giving them an opportunity to hear the gospel. And say, well, you brought five people to Christ, but you actually... You actually sent about 90, 90 people to hell. You didn't allow them to hear the gospel because you wanted to gain some promotion. So extra 100,000. So for, 90, for extra 100,000 and promotion from supervisor to chief supervisor because you wanted chief in front of your name. It's, it's an extra car and an extra driver. 100 people had to die for that chief to, to come because they were stopping your promotion. So you didn't give them an opportunity to hear the gospel. You didn't give them an opportunity to repent. You just sent them because your anointing is corrosive and acidic. And, and, and it'll be so beautiful to see people in hell how you were so anointed. You sent them without the gospel. 
and somebody say, yeah, but what if somebody say, what if somebody say, I will not see tomorrow? <laughs> Mark 11, 23, 24, you shall have what you say. What are you saying? He didn't say you will have what they say. Is that what the Bible teaches you? You will have what? What you say. Glory to God. And you can say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can say, my life is it with Christ in God. You can say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. You can say, with long life will God satisfy me and show me his salvation. Have we said many things now? We've said many things. Have we killed anybody? We can say things without killing people. Somebody say amen. But how will they fear God? Don't bother about how to fear God. God knows how to get them to fear Him. Let's not do God's job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Don't teach God how to do His job. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know why I'm so big on that this morning, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to free somebody. Okay. So let's go to sources of dreams. So have we established the fact that in the Old Testament, in the epistles, God gave dreams? both to his children and to people who are not born again. Uh, I was studying more on dreams uh, over the week, and um, I came across a document that actually said that people spend like six years of their, six, almost like six years of their life dreaming. That means accumulation of six years, you know, if you put together all the times that you dream. Well, there are people that are very heavy dreamers. That some of you, immediately you close your eye now, you, you are gone. You have gone to the village, you have bought a car, I mean, some people just dream, you know. Some people are active dreamers, some are not very active, passive. You know, some people, their dreams are very vivid. They come to pass almost like quickly. Some people will almost know how things will go out by their dreams. So people are different levels when it comes to dreams. Let's, let's, let's see this. I really want to. Job chapter 4, verse 12. Job 4, 12. <laughs> Job chapter 4 verse 12. Thank you Lord Jesus. Job 4 12. Now a word was brought to me steadily. And my ear received a whisper of it. Verse 13. Amid disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on men. Job 33 verse 14. Our, one of our key scriptures. Job 33 verse 14. Indeed God speaks once or twice. Yet no one notices it. Pay attention to the word no one notices it. In a dream. In a vision of the night. When sound sleep falls on men. While they slumber in their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and seals instructions. So the dreams contain instructions. That he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing into Sheol, Sheol, Hell, or Hades. Please go with me to Psalm 16, verse 7. We're looking at sources of dreams, so please follow me. Psalm 16 and verse 7. And endeavor to write all these scriptures down, go back, meditate on them, you know, understand them. Job 16, sorry, Psalm 16 and verse 7. I will bless the Lord, look at this, who has counseled me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me, or I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Now pay attention to this. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. Pay attention, this is very important. My mind instructs me in the night. So when you put those two scriptures together, you realize that God passes instructions in the night. One. Number two, your mind passes instructions. Okay, just hold on. We'll come. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, put that up for me. The, the scripture says something, tells us about the makeup of man. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, May the God of peace sanctify you. No? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May the God of peace sanctify you, what? Spirit, soul, and body. Am I correct? Um, First Thessalonians chapter 5. No, I think I got something wrong there. Yeah. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, you entirely. Pay attention to the word entirely. And may your spirit, everybody say spirit. 
Let me hear that loud. Spirit? Spirit? What's the next component? Soul? What's the next component? Body. Can we say entirely would mean spirit, soul, and body? Yeah. Spirit, soul, and body. Which was a type of the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Where? The holy place, the most holy place, and the holy of holies. Outer court, inner court, and the most holy place. Three dimensions of man. So man is a tripartite being. Man is spirit. Man is not this body. Man is spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. So Paul calls this body the tent. Now, when Adam died, his spirit died that day. The Bible says, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Pay attention. So when Adam died, his spirit died. So his spirit could no longer receive communication from God. But the soul of man, which is made up of his will, his mind, his intellect, was still alive. Alright? The primary way God communicates to his children is through the spirit. The spirit ought to feed the soul. Now, the knowledge of the spirit coming to the soul can be contrary to the soul because of the information that the soul has received. So, the greatest task for the child of God after the child of God is born again is to renew his mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 says, Be transformed, metamorphosis, by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the will of God is. So, the will of God is proven by renewal of mind. That's important. That's important. Now, your body also contains your eye gates, your ear gates, and all those gates by which you receive information. Now, all of these contribute to how dreams come to you. Okay? James chapter 1 verse 14 says that when a man has certain desires, it will lead him. So, your desires can lead you. Your desires can form, but each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. Okay? Now, so your mind plays an active role. First Corinthians chapter 2. Are you, are you following me? Are you following me? Say amen. amen. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 2. You guys are very quiet this morning. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Please follow me. I've told you here that the word revealed in the Greek is the word apokalopsis. Apokalopsis does not mean a, a new thing that has been revealed. Apokalopsis means something that was, on, that was covered that the veil has been removed. Right? So, if I, this is my water. If I cover it with my Bible, you can't see my water. Right? So, if I say revealed... What I'm just doing is I'm pulling out my Bible. Can you see the water now? Can you see water? Okay. That's, that's unveiling. That's revelation. So revelation does not mean I am bringing this water here. Revelation means that I am doing what? Opening. Apocalypse. Alright? Okay. That's important. For to us, God... Re- no, 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 no. That's not a good place to start. Verse 9. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered into the heart of man. Entered into the heart of man. Entered into the heart of man. So things can enter into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. You know, when people quote this scripture, they quote it like a prophecy. All the things God has said, your eyes have not seen, ears have not... Next verse. Next, just next verse. Right? Say all the things God has said. Next verse. For to us, God revealed what? Them. What would be the them? What is the them? Things that eyes have not... Things that ears have not... And all the things that God has prepared for us, what did God do? He revealed them through what? The Spirit. Capital S. Capital S. The Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Pay attention. Please pay attention. So the Spirit searches the depths of God. Listen to this. Very important. God does not want to be concealed. God wants to be revealed. God is not taking interest in you. You know, that's why I teach people, don't struggle to find the will of God. The will of God wants to find you. If you are just calm, if you will just follow God. So, God is not, 
trying to hide. God is not doing hide and seek. I don't know if you understand. You know, some of these children, they do hide and seek until they hide where they are now crying. They can't come out. Have, you, have your children played hide and seek like that before? You, they were just playing. Then one now enters inside one cupboard. They're not chatting, help me, help me. No, you went to hide. Or some of our beautiful, eh, some, some guys are like that. Some of our beautiful ladies who would hide. That's why some of you, your, 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 your closet is scattered on Sunday morning. Where is that my jewelry? Where is that my jewelry? Only you know what jewelry you are looking for. Because we, we have spread seven jewelries here. He says, it's not this one. It's not this one. Where did you put it? He said, I kept it here. Hidden. So that no eyes will see it. Alright, but that's not God. Even the depths of God. Verse 11. For who among man, men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Small letter S. I've always told you, every time you read the word spirit in the Bible, pay attention to capital letters and small letters. That's why you should buy a good Bible. Because you buy all these cheap Bibles that are not well printed, everything is capital, everything is... You buy a good Bible. Right? Now, pay attention. The first verse tells us that the Spirit of God searches the depths of God. So, the Spirit of God, pay attention, knows the depths of God. Now, for man, because man is also created in the image of God, the Spirit of man knows what? The thoughts of man. As we are seated here, you only can tell what your thoughts are. Right? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God, capital S. So, if the Spirit of God wants to communicate the thoughts of God and the depths of God to you, He will communicate them by His Spirit to where? Your Spirit. Your Spirit. Okay. Now, Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, so there's the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, so that we may know the things, come on somebody, freely, what? Given to us by God. How do we know these things? By the spirit. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts, now pay attention. If you read the King James Version, it says combining spiritual things with spiritual. But if you look at the New American Standard Bible, it tells us something which is very important. Pay attention here. It says, by combining spiritual thoughts with what? Spiritual words. What does this mean? Spirit thoughts must align with spirit words. This also tells you that thoughts are things. Thoughts are words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying now? This combination is important. Spiritual thoughts must be combined with what? Spiritual what? Words. Very important as we seek interpretation. Okay. Proverbs 20, 27. Give me that quickly. Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The lamp of the Lord. Or the candle of the Lord. Searching all the innermost parts of his being. Remember I've told you, never establish a doctrine by one verse of scripture. You must find similar stuff in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, we have a confirmation that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It searches all the innermost parts of his being. So when God wants to communicate something to you, he speaks to your spirit. Okay. Now, so the first source of dreams is God. I, I, I don't want us to belabor that because I have a whole lot to finish. Right? God gives dreams. The first, but I'll tell you how to know a dream that is from God. But the first thought of dream, the first source of dream is God. The second source, which is interesting. I was sharing with a brother who sent me a question over the weekend. And we're going over this. I was just explaining something to him. Interestingly, and I dare you, I dare you to go take up this challenge. You can never see anywhere in the Bible where, the, where Satan gave a dream to someone. Nowhere. I dare you to go check. You can't pick one verse where Satan gave someone a dream. Not one verse. Okay. But then, Satan gives dreams. So how does he do it? I'll show you. 1 John 5.19 1 John 5.19 and this is very important. First John 5.19. Follow me please. 
We know that we are of God. We are of God. When he says we are of God, it means we are born of God. We came from God. Okay? Always pay attention when he uses the word of. David of the house of Jesse. Always use that word is important. When you read the Bible, these words are important. We, are, we know that we are of God. And that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So it tells us something. We are of God, but the whole world lies under the power of the wicked one. Now, how did that happen? When Adam sold his rights to Satan, Satan became the God of this world. Pay very close attention. Satan became what? The God of this world. So when Satan was tempting Jesus, he told him, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. He couldn't have promised Jesus the kingdom of this world if he didn't have them. Right? So the space is filled with wickedness. Okay. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. Follow me now. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be, so, be of sober spirits. Be on alert. Your adversary. Huh? The devil prowls around like a roaring what? Lion seeking someone to do what? To devour. Now, if he's seeking someone to devour, it means he can't devour everyone. He is not a lion. He is prowling around like what? Like a lion. It's important. Okay. Um, Second Corinthians chapter chapter ten, four to five. Second Corinthians ten, four to five. Give me the amplified version, but I'll read from the New American Standard. Follow me carefully. This is very important. How to discern satanic dreams. Uh, very important. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 4. To 5. Verse 4. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, for though we are in the flesh, we do not war were according to the flesh. For though we walk, we live in the flesh. We are earthly people. We've got a body. We are not carrying, pay attention, on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Verse 2. Verse 1. Verse 4, sorry. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for destroying of fortresses. I'm reading the New American Standard. For the weapons of our warfare... No, just, just leave it. Yeah, I want to use both. For the weapons of our warfare... No, Amplified. Just leave Amplified on the screen for me. I want to use both. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Pay attention. Weapons of flesh and blood. This is important when you're interpreting dreams. But they are mighty... Be- before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a thought that has taken over your life that has built a fortress. Okay. Five. We are destroying speculations. Speculations. I'm using New America now. Speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of, of Christ. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So he is listening carefully. He is telling us actually what spiritual warfare is. That spiritual warfare is strongholds, arguments, reasonings, speculations, arguments that are against the true knowledge of Christ. That every thought, every argument, every speculation, every reasoning that goes against the fact that you are redeemed of the Lord is satanic. And how do you war against it? The whole armor of God. What's the whole armor of God? Everything there is the word. The belt of truth is the word. Sword of the spirit is the word. Blessed spirit of righteousness is the word. Shield of faith is the word. That's how we war. 
So how does Satan enter or share dreams with people? He uses any of this. That goes contrary to the true knowledge of Christ. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and discipline or sound mind. So there is what is called the spirit of fear. How does the spirit of fear come? Reasonings, arguments, speculations, strongholds. Okay, go to Hebrews 2, 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Hebrews 2, 15. Just give me that quickly. And, uh, 14. Let's start from verse 14, please. Thank you. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. That, Je- that means Jesus came in flesh and blood. That through death, what death is this? His death on the cross. He might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Pay attention here. So when Jesus died, the devil was rendered powerless. But that does not mean he is no longer deceptive. He still rose about seeking whom to devour. How will he devour these people? By giving them reasonings, arguments, you know, uh, ideas, speculations that are contrary to, remember what 2 Corinthians 10 says, the true knowledge of Christ. Because immediately that spirit of fear is ejected into your heart, remember, what's going to happen? You now have a stronghold that the devil cannot hit on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to design, where is this dream coming from? How do we know dreams that are from Satan? Fear. It rejects fear. Because God says, I've not given you the spirit of fear. So if God has not given you the spirit of fear, God will not give you a dream that would give you fear. Are you following this? Somebody says, okay, what about if you dream that somebody died? What will you do? I'm going to show you if God shows you uh, a thing that's going to be evil, I'll show you how the outcome will be. And we'll look at it from scriptures. But let me establish this. Now, go to verse 15, please. Is somebody winding the clock in this church? I've not even gone far. Maybe I have to push this. And verse 15, please. And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their life. Through fear of what? Can you see that? That when Jesus came, he came to set us free from this fear of death. So, every dream that ejects this fear of death, or that releases the spirit of fear, you know it is not from God. Now, we know that Job did not have a complete knowledge of God. Did not have a perfect, total knowledge of God. So, there are things in the book of Job that are not... Um, how will I say, there are not true representation of the character of God and Job made some of those statements. Let's go to Job 7.14. You will see something that Job said there. He attributed this to God, but actually, it wasn't God. He says, then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me by visions. You frighten me with dreams and terrified me by what? Visions. When Job was going through all those experiences, this is one of the things he attributed to God. He says, you frighten me with dreams. God does not frighten you with dreams. You would realize that, let me just give you a quick, quick stop because of our limited time. When you look at the case of Abimelech, do you see how God gave him that dream? He says, you are a dead man. Then he says, but take Abimelech, take Sarah, return her to the prophet. He will pray for you. So, even if that dream was terrifying, can you see a way of escape? That by the time Abimelech, pay attention, by the time Abimelech returned Sarah, Abraham prayed for Abimelech, Abimelech was blessed, Abraham had his wife back, and had some extra cows. Which means, at the end of the day, as terrible as that dream is, which even in context... In that dream, it says, if you don't do this, you will die. You could see that there was a way of escape 
that provided peace and harmony. That dream will not eject fear. It will, um, it will induce obedience. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, one of the ways you can discern between dreams from Satan and dreams from God is at the end of this, where is the... Ob- so, let's say for instance, let's just say for instance, God shows you someone is going to die. There would be a window to say, you know what? Pray for this person. Or go warn this person. Or let this person take this step. Because we know that it is not the will of God that any man should do what? Perish. So listen to me. Dreams from God cannot contradict scriptures. Are you following this? So dreams from Satan will do what? Will eject the spirit of fear. Alright. So fear... I need to stop here because if I, the, the next one is yourself. And that one is big. So we, we're going to pick up. I think we should pick up from here because I don't want to rush this. I want you to get it. But uh, yeah. So we'll talk about yourself and uh, let's just see how far God leads us with this. But, but, but let me stop here. Right? So one of the things about satanic dreams is that they will induce fear. You wake up and there's fear. It's almost hopeless. Right? And if you take the bait of that fear, you have opened a door to Satan. Praise the name of the Lord. You have opened a door to what? To Satan. That's why it's important to know that uh, a believer must walk by faith. Will God warn you of certain things that are going to come? Yeah, God, God will. But the end is not to make you afraid. Praise the name of the Lord. The end is not to make you afraid. Now, when we also... Now, don't attribute every terrible dream to Satan. There are some of you that your lifestyle induces such nightmares. And we'll talk about that as we talk about yourself. See, you need to watch yourself. You need to watch yourself. Because of the office that I occupy as a pastor, uh, it shouldn't be just as a pastor... But because of, I I know that sometimes a lot of things depend on my ability to hear God accurately. It should be for every believer, but I'm just saying. You know, for the church, I am very cautious of my mind. There are movies I don't watch. There are movies I don't watch. You will never find me watching a horror movie. Never, now never look at a horror movie. Never. I know some of you can finish a horror movie and go and eat and even drink tea and coffee in front. Now, there's something about your brain, and I'll talk, about that, um, I'll talk about that when I talk about your soul. There's something about the fact that your brain deposits things and stores things. See, some of those movies you watch, later when you sleep, right, days after, your brain can replay those things. It will come in form of a dream. It was not Satan. It's investment and return. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, and we're going to deal with that because that's why I tell you the last activities you do before you go to bed are very important. Very important. To purify your soul, to clear your heart. Some of you that quarrel and go, we will talk about you on Sunday. Quarrel and go to sleep. You will fight. There's nothing that will make you not fight that night. Do I have some witnesses? Huh? And the person you quarreled with will be the one fighting you. You know what is happening? Your mind is collaborating with the devil to set you up for enmity. Some of the people you don't talk to today because you had a dream about them. It was just your soulish mind picking up signals that were unnecessary. Go and beg them for forgiveness. They didn't do you anything. And that's why you realize that sometimes when people dream and say, Oh, in the dream, you appeared to me in the dream and you prayed for me. It is just because those people respect the man of God. They honor the man of God. And it's easy for them to receive. That's why you dream about, for instance, if we'll talk about that on Sunday. If you are in love with a lady, you would always be dreaming about the lady. Don't raise your hand. Right? But how many of you realize that immediately you married your wife, you stopped dreaming? Oh, how many of you? Oh, every time I just dream, even if I put my hair, I will just see you. After you paid bride price, what happened? 
Eh? You know, even when you dream of saying the way you are praying in my dream, I don't like it. Are we not together here? What is it? Am I only you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what? Your heart, not that you don't love your wife anymore, that's, you know, longing to see her, longing to be with her, it has reduced because of proximity. Was, it, was God showing you that's your wife? I don't know. It is between your soul and God. You will have to clarify that. Are you following what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is, and I'll show you from scripture, that you can induce dreams. You can force certain dreams to come into your life. And I'll show you scripture. In Jeremiah, it says you, dream, you dreamt dreams that you induced. So you can actually, that's why if you are making decisions, you have to be careful of dreams. Because, if, you know, immediately you want to make a decision concerning certain things, you've already set up the atmosphere to pump up dreams in that region. So let's say you want to travel abroad. You have been thinking about it. You will see yourself every time you say, I'm at the airport. I just see myself at the airport. Is it, is it, is it, uh, 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 I got free motors. You want to use to go to Canada. You can't see yourself there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you need to be careful. That dream might not be a direction because you've already induced. See, the spirit word is very light. That's why the scripture says God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. Your asking and your imagination carry the same frequency in the realm of the spirit. So it takes a whole lot of maturity to say, you know what? The dream. I remember one time we were planning to, you know, I had wanted to go to Kenya, wanted to move to Kenya and start a work there, you know. And uh, I remember at that time, even my kids were coming and saying, I had a dream. We went to Kenya. <laughs> yeah, they were dreaming. But we had to pray, and then the Lord said, No, you guys be here. So immediately we made that decision, all the dreams stopped. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying that although I'm teaching you on dreams, the greatest guide of the believer is the inward witness and what? The word of God. Alright? I'm just teaching you this so that you're not carried away, you're not, you know, people don't take advantage of you, but you must understand that you can set up dreams for your own life. So you have to be careful and you have to watch that. Can we pray? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that through this teaching, that men will be established in the truth of your word. And I pray, Father God, that you will give us clarity and insight as we study your word further in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed today? All right. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.